You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Stateside Podcast. I'm recording this intro from my car with my mobile recorder, my Zoom H4n Pro. So excuse me if it sounds a little bit different than you're used to. If you listen closely, you might be able to hear raindrops on the roof of my car. Today's episode is with the exceptional music producer, mix engineer, YouTuber, business owner, extraordinaire, Warren York. Warren runs Produce Like a Pro. You can find Produce Like a Pro on the Google machine and also on YouTube. Uh, They put a lot of great content and they provide a lot of uh, value for up and coming producers. Even if you're an established producer, there's something for everyone at Produce Like a Pro. So go ahead and check out what they have to offer. Warren is a very busy man and he was running around Nam like a madman. he was booked down to the 30-minute increments, so the fact that I even got a chunk of time with him meant a lot to me. I want to thank John McLucas for hooking this interview up. We recorded in the media room. I say that lightly. It was really just a, a side little kiosk off to the side of a hallway. And as you can hear in the interview, there's a lot of atmosphere, noise, a lot of people talking in the background, so excuse the room audio. But we did the best we could with the time that we had. And if you listen closely, you can hear that Warren is coming down with a cold, and so am I. And in fact, 24 hours after I interviewed Warren, I came down with one of the worst colds of my life. And affectionately, Warren refers to that sickness as Namthrax. So I I stole that phrase from Warren. Please enjoy the interview with Warren Hewitt. How's it going, Warren? Nice to meet you. How the devil are you? I'm good. This is my first time at NAM, and it's like a fire hose of information for me. Have you never so, been to any sort of AES, NAM? Never been to AES, never been to NAM. I went to uh, the URM Summit where I met John. Oh, okay, Lucas, good. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to get out there and network as much as I can. But. And you manage producers and engineers and mixers, you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, yeah. Do, who do you work with? Uh, a guy named Jay Moss, if you heard of him. Jay Moss, Danny Reich, Ryan Lewis, Joe Chuddick. Uh, Lovely. Yeah, a handful of guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, anywhere from punk rock bands you've never heard of to major label stuff. Everything in between. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and I, I grew up playing drums and rock bands, and so eventually I wanted to transition into something that right. I didn't have to be gone all the time. And sleeping in a van, and I'm sure you know what that's like. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so for you, what, just a quick bio for our audience. You know, we have people from all walks of life, but mostly audio people, producers, people in bands, people from labels, etc. Uh, for the few people that don't know who you are, that's a, quite right. You don't have to know who I am. Yeah. Well, yeah. Perfectly okay. A, a quick, uh, brief explanation of uh, why you're here and, and how you got here. Oh, dear. 
uh, loaded Marie? question. Yeah, exactly. Um, five seconds. Five seconds. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, <laughs> excuse me. I've got a little bit of the lurking, as I said. Yeah, too. Uh, obviously, I was born in England. Yep. Uh, I bought a little village called Crooken Village. I, I came over here mid-90s and uh, came out to do rec a record uh, yeah. with Don Smith. Uh, God rest his soul, an incredible engineer and producer mm. who had made like Tom Petty records oh, and Rolling albums. Also recipes. Yeah. yeah. And, and amazing talents, really. Yeah. And uh, I'd already been in a band, in Eng several bands in England, and had some, you know, minor chart success, but, you know, nothing huge. Yeah, yeah. To do some wonderful things, played running Rock Festival. Oh, wow. Yeah, and toured a lot, and that had been my life, you know, from the age of... 16 all I've been is a musician yeah. but I was always that annoying guy in the band you know when we were recording I was like tapping tapping the engineer on the shoulder going you know what are you doing what's going on there right and that kind of good stuff so. yeah so eventually that led into you producing and now yeah. that's what you do full-time yeah. plus produce like a pro right yeah produce like a pro and and which yeah. has become a, a monster in itself yeah, it's, it's pretty it's interesting. Great. I think it's still, we're very, we're still very boutique-y about it. I, I, yeah. I was talking to a couple people today about, I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but as big as we are in theory, I can't see having like a big, huge booth and flashing lights. And it's just not what we're No, I, I guess you could, but you shouldn't be standing there all yeah, day. Yeah. You gotta float around. Yeah, Are you we bump doing into this? All the time, get stopped and talk. Yeah. And you learn much more from interacting with people than you, in that respect than you do waiting for people to come to you. I, I, That's right. Yeah, John and I have a mutual friend, Brian Hood. Mm -hmm. Him and his partner have a, a business. It's a file sharing business. Sure. And instead of having a booth, they're wearing their hoodies for their company. And they're just, just roaming around, sure. shaking hands. And that's just far more advantageous. If you don't have the budget to have a goddamn booth and sit there all I day. I think even if it's not so much about the budget. Yeah. Yes. Because I think we could spend the money. I don't think, you know, a normal size booth is not going to be completely cross uh, cost prohibitive. I mean, there's, there's so many, and it is wonderful because there's so yeah. many young up and coming companies here that have little booths and they're interacting with people. Um, you know, maybe it will change, but I, I don't, I don't see myself having like a yeah, you know, bada boom, bada bing. Hey, everybody, right. Right. we're going to be doing woo, here's you know? swag. Yeah, yeah, oh god, I had a nightmare of yeah. swag experience in the other the other building. Yeah, some girl just comes up and she's like, you know, if I give you this free case. Will you, uh, can I scan your badge and then you'll enter for a thing? And I'm just like, I, I barely even know what she's saying to me. Yeah. She's just handing me things with yeah. plastic. And it turns out the case was an empty case. There's nothing in it. Yes. It's like, if you win the product, then you get to put the headphones in the case. I'm just like, uh, get I out see. of here. Ugh. Just garbage, right? Oh, like, I what's, I, I don't, what's the I point? I feel so of bad because you know she, 99%, that's right. Just it's just her job. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She doesn't even just feel so carry their way. Yeah. Minimum wage or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably $12 an hour and you'll, you'll get a commission if you sell X, Y, and Z. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a sort of a thankless task. So, how active are you as a music producer <laughs> versus the YouTube guy and the produce like a pro guy? I mean, you're, you're kind of doing a lot we these days. We have to do it all. You have to do it all. If we don't do it all, then there's no credibility. I think the reason why we started doing this was precisely for that. You know, when you see a video and I'm sitting in my studio, with the exception of a couple of pieces of gear, you know, a guitar or two and the odd compressor, the half a million dollars worth of gear that you're sitting in there is, is gear that I bought by being a producer. 
Right. And I, I, right. I, I don't come from a wealthy family, so yeah, I, nor I do bought I. all that exactly. So I bought no. all of that equipment as a means to an end. It's what I do for a living. So I bought an SSL because I needed a console. Right. I bought microphones because I need microphones. Right. And that's it. And I, I don't. I don't. Look, obviously, after doing this for about four years now, I get people giving me stuff, or, or at least you know, getting you know decent deals so I can buy things. But essentially, yeah. 99% of my gear is stuff I bought by being a producer. The whole idea of doing this was specifically to be credible about it. When I started, it was two extremes. You had Consado on one stage. They'd been going three or four years before us, and it was great. But it was definitely very like, oh my God, man, you're amazing. No, I'm amazing. No, you're amazing. And then, then of course, you had Graham, you know, at Recording Revolution starting yeah. people off. I, I know. I remember initially about four years ago when I started, he he had this set of videos called the Three Hundred Dollar Studio, and what he did is he described to people how they could put together a basic recording um, system for three hundred dollars. And I just thought that's so admirable, you know, that he's encouraging people. Yeah. And so I thought yeah. there's a massive hole in the middle. There's the thing. It's like, you know, for instance, even when I interviewed Crystal Algae about three or four years ago, one of my earlier interviews. Yeah. I didn't really want to go in there and interview him and, and, and talk about like, you know, big successes and platinum records. Why you do everything. Because is... I want to do stuff that I wanted to see and I wanted. I love that. Now yeah. do you do you think the the model of wearing a lot of hats and being a content creator, being good on social media, having a good team and also doing the, the day job, which is a producer or whatever that is for someone. Do you do you think that's applicable to most people? Yeah. I do too. I do yeah. too. I think whether whether you're me with married with two kids and, and, and a house in, in, in Los Angeles or whether you're on your own and in, in you know, even in your parents' house, you can be a mini version of me, you can be a bigger version of me, you can be all of that. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's basically what it is. I mean I think about all the time I get, I'm sure you get the same thing, I get versions of several different styles of emails, but similar questions. And one of, the, one of the major ones is like, you know, how do I put myself out there? How do I get customers? And then, it's, yeah. and then people are always like, but I live in, you know, a little town in nowhere. And I'm like, you have the internet. So did you. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah it's, I, um, we have a guy, um, we, we have a guy in, in our academy, we have quite a few guys in our academy for instance, but I can think of quite a few that have built themselves into careers that um, are upper middle class wages in the countries and the towns they live in. There's quite a few of them. Mm. And there's people that come in already at that level, and there's people that come in at nothing, right. and everything in between. It's and fantastic. It's, it's an amazing community of people that help each other. How, roughly how many people are a part of it? 3,249. That's staggering. Good for you. And it's growing wow. year after That's year. That's so cool. And it's really surprising because, you know, you there's so much. I think the other thing is we're not doing the race for the bottom. We're not trying to every week get cheaper and give more stuff away for free and be desperate. We, we, yeah. we're not, we want lots of people to be in there, but only if they want to be in there. Yeah. I don't need some amazing marketing technique to be like, I recently signed up, for instance, I'm sure you've yeah. done this. For like an Amazon campaign kind of stuff because I have products I'd like to sell. So I was like, oh, I'm going to learn how people do it. Oh yes, and affiliate. I, yeah, well, I've got, I've got the affiliate links. I don't, they don't make much, that much money for me. No, I, somebody was wanted to teach like how oh, to do oh, it. how did you? Yes, yes. So yes. I thought I'd sign up. Why not? So I signed yeah. up. I, it was, there wasn't any money involved, but it was like 
I was just being means tested and asked questions and referred from one guy to another. Right. And and then there's no real intention of actually giving yeah. you value. Yeah. It's, yeah. So you, in other words, you believe in what you guys are doing. You're not devaluing the rate and and the. And I don't want to be a guru. That's yeah. I do not want to be a guru. No. I mean, because every guru we know makes the money from being the guru and doesn't make the money from doing that job. Let's just be honest. Yeah. It's like yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't have to be music. It's just like you know the, the make a million. You make a million dollars from real estate. You know, if it was that easy. Yeah. Why would you be selling the information? Right. And then they, then they always address that. Like you know, people say to me, you know, if I'm a billionaire from real estate, why would I be helping people? And and then they, they give a reason. You know, I feel like I want to give back. And it's like, no, you don't, because the success rate is so low. What I want to do is like, I, I like to, in everything in life, you know, I want to always, you know, under promise and over deliver. Yeah. I want to tell people that we have a community of people that helps each other. So yeah. the least you're going to get out of it is a bunch of people that are super supportive and help each other and your music your recordings, your mixes, your production are all going to get better. That's the least you're going to get out of What a it. beautiful thing. Yeah, it's, and it's the great. most you might be able to get out of it is actually building a brand and building a career. Yep. And But that's that's a decision for you to make. That's right. You get really good at your craft. It's like, okay, now do you want to do some of the really annoying things, like hosting regularly? Back to what we were saying. Does yeah, it, yeah. Because that's the, right. The problem for us is, is like, the smarter somebody is, and it's okay, the more vacuous, mindless, you know, um, some of the stuff you have to do to remind people, hey, I'm here, mm -hmm. let's take a photo, like, oh, playing a guitar, holding a pick, you know, it's, it, it does seem really mindless to most people. Um, but it's part of it. It's part of it. Yeah, and, and the, the excuse of, hey, I got in this to just be X. I got in this to just play drums, man, yeah. or just be a producer, man. I don't want to be an Instagrammer. It's like, yeah. sorry, that's part of it now. You, yeah. you have to kind of do it. Uh, one last question for you, and this is, this is something that I'm curious, especially someone at your level. How do you feel about the current state of music, the music industry? Wow, so I did, pa I did panels yesterday for AES at NAMM. So AES um, was on the fourth floor, was it? Fourth floor. Sounds right, yeah. Yeah, yeah fourth floor at the Hilton. Um, and um, we did panels about it, and we did four in a row. Mm. Three of them were two hours, and the last one was like an hour and a half. And it was constant conversations. And uh, what I did is I brought somebody in who was fairly young, like early 30s producers, and sat them down with somebody 50, 60, 70 years old, so we could have like a where we are now, where we were, what's great about old right. recording techniques, what's good about the new, trying to connect people. You know, one of the things that's been really bothering me in the music industry is that most of the vocal people aren't the people I want to hear. I'm just being oh, really wow. honest. I, wow. I need to hear younger people and I need to hear people that made records that are unfrickin' deniable. And everybody else I'm just over. Yeah. I really can't be bothered to hear another like late nineties guy who made, you know, six million dollars off an album that we don't even remember. So how do when, we change that? How, how did Well this is what we're doing, we're changing we're doing. it. It's yeah. like there's a lot of really super vocal people that made because you know how the nineties was for CDs and stuff. Oh it my was God. insane. I'm thirty six. I remember it. Yeah. It, Millionaires it, oh. were being left, right and center for yep. albums that we don't remember because it was yeah. a period where you had one song on modern rock radio. Right. And you sold two million copies. Oh, bare at, minimum. At a physical product, it was like a five hundred percent markup too. Yeah, just to get one song. Just get one song. So there's That's all right. these like you know unhappy yeah. millionaires running around. That's right. And and I've been trying to bring in younger people. When I say Good younger, you. you know under forty in, 
and they're not interested. They're like, I don't want to sit on a panel with a guy telling me that he knows everything. And, and then I said, well, what about you know sitting in a panel with Shelley Yakis from the 70s and the 60s that made Don't Fear the Reaper and did Damn the Torpedoes, Tom Petty. Oh, good Lord. And you two under a blood red sky. And they're like, yeah, I'll come and do that panel. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Yeah. And that's what I mean. It's like yeah. there's the undisputable people that we really believe in that re and, and can bring more to it rather than just the, yeah you know I made this record in six weeks it sold two million copies bada bing yeah. bada bing I had this conveyor belt way of making records right. Shelly's like yeah it took us nine months and I had to we had to like you know deal with different personalities and yep. deaths and divorces Budgets and, and the yeah. other and, yeah and it, and it was like and you get to understand the process of making great music yeah not great commodities this is something Michael Beinhorn talks about all the time he's like that's always the fine line between music as a commodity and music as an art form and obviously the best is when it's the same thing when you can just get that little piece in the middle mm. Um, mm. I, I really feel very strongly about it I think like politics when you go too far in either direction you just I'm, you know, I'm something, right there with there's, you there's a crossover in everything where people can come together in music and it's a very very tiny little sliver Yes. But it's why The Cure are an incredibly credible band. But they can write love cats. Oh. And nobody can. The Cure's one of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah, so they can write this silly yeah. little pop song. Boom, doom, 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 boom. It's like a doo wop. Yeah, and yeah. Nobody, nobody bats an eyelid. And then you can have Joy Division write uh, Love Will Tear Us Apart and then have like, oh, isolation. Basically in a basement. Yeah. And, and, and again, and, and, and then all the. All of How the, many Joy Division shirts have you seen at NAM? I've probably seen 20. Yeah, I probably own a few in, myself. In 2020. <laughs> so I think that's a testament to what you're saying, that good yeah. art can be a product. Good yeah. art can yeah. sell and it's can the, last the, the test very, of time. It's a very, very finite thing. That's right. And, um, and that's what we want to encourage. Um, I love that. Know, we all know in the, in the 90s it was all about, as Dr. John used to say, the commerciality. Uh, uh, the commerciality. Yes. Um, you know, and that's... Um, but that's a problem, too, because then you start getting... The what's the guy? Something Perlman, the NSYNC Backstreet Boys guy. Yeah, Lou. Lou. Yeah. Yes. Then you start getting monsters like him, who come right. in and it's it is a packageable product. Right. I'll take five good-looking guys and copy, sure. paste, repeat. And you know, it's not to say that there aren't some smashing hits. But the weird from those thing guys. is, is like it, that doesn't bother me as much because it's calling a spade a spade. Oh, you, right. You're just putting it out uh, there. If you're going to put out a yeah. cool pop thing, and I, you know, I have a five-year-old daughter, my five-year-old daughter wants to sing along with the song, I'm absolutely happy. Yeah. You know, but I think, the, the, as my mother would say, you know, the, the wolf in sheep's clothing, you know, or mutton dressed as lambs, another another uh, The most phrase. English phrase of yes. all time. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's the thing. I, I, you know, let's not pretend that those generic late 90s, early 2000 rock records where it was the same drum sound yeah. every song. Yeah. Basically, it was 10, that's right. 10 versions that's right. of one song that's right. that was the single. Let's not pretend that that's meaningful music. No. That was some of the biggest stuff, steaming pile of poop, quite frankly. And it was disguised as real yeah. real art, man. Yeah, but it's, it's yeah. the period when the labels and these half a dozen guys, men, were making records, the same producers, engineers, and mixers were making the same records. And it was indistinguishable bands. Yeah. You know, yeah. and... Um, and it's not even, then that's what's so sad is there was probably some incredible bands hiding in there. That's, that's right. In the conveyor belt. <laughs> so the barrier to entry is easier now. Barrier to entry is easier. Like you said, everyone has the internet. Everyone has technically the same starting point, kind of. Yeah. But 
I don't know. It just, I mean, it see if you look back in the 90s, some of my favorite music, you know, Nine Inch Nails and Alice and Jane. I'm a rock guy. Like, I love all that stuff. Yeah. But there more were... More on the earlier side of the 90s. Though. Yeah, more on the earlier side, for sure. Yeah. And, yes, <laughs> that's yeah. right. Later you get, then you get the Limbizgits and the yeah. that kind of stuff, which, whatever. But my point being is that you, there's an illusion of, like, that being the golden era. And there's this illusion of... That's one it's just an age group thing. I think what we face is like, and, and, uh, certainly, as a generation Xer, I'm, 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 you know, that's a good point. I'm if I talk to a 21 year old, they're like, I don't give a shit about. Yeah, Alice so and as James. a generation Xer, I'm stuck between, you know, on the internet, baby boomers shouting at everybody and saying, yeah. dude, if it's not three mics, John Bonham, blah blah blah. So right. I, I hear that every day. Right. And trust me, I'm a Led Zeppelin fan, like any human of course, being. There isn't. I'm over it. I'm over. Endless videos of why this isn't funky and that's not. I don't give a crap. <laughs> yes. It's like, yeah, yeah. You know what? This overanalyze and the problem is, it's like there's, there's, you know, and then you've got the millennials who don't care about it, and I'm yeah. a generation X stuck in the middle, just kind of listening to all this, going, well, I was kind of happy, really. I, I grew up on like Cure and Joy Division when I was a little kid. Going right through to like Blur, who I love, Modern Life. I love that video you did with Thank guitar you. player Blur. That was fantastic. Right, was you guys are isolating those the, yep. the tracks, man. That was great. And then great. Modern Life is rubbish. Is like the birth of Britpop in '93. It's before the One hundred percent. Yeah. And so yeah. you know, and that's that's my era. So that's I, like '90. '93. '93. Yeah. So yeah, that's when I was like teenager and early twenties, right through the through the mid late '90s. So it's like. I was blessed. I got all of it, and then I got the last. We got the last great round of rock bands like Soundgarden, obviously, oh, Alice yeah. in Chains, as you were saying. Yeah. But that doesn't seem like a '90s thing. That seems like a natural transition from all of the greatness. And um, so I have no problem with that. Hmm. And but yeah, when I have to listen to the endless videos of just like and people commenting about, of course, John Bonham was an amazing drummer. I love John Bonham, but stop. I was talking to There a, are other a. drummers, about. though. There are other drummers. There are other drummers. And if John Bonham was alive now, he'd be telling you to go and check out yeah. this kid. Yeah, that's right. He would not want to be worshipped. Yeah. The yeah. thing the thing was, well, it was AES uh, at the Educators thing. Um, was it last night? No, I'm blanking. Last night. Yeah. And we were talking about this. All the videos that are all just there. The, the finger pointing. The finger yep. The finger wagging like, you young kids. You don't know what There's you're There's so much of that. And it's just, and there's successful videos. The more the finger wagging, because it, it, what it yes. is, is it, it's, it's buying into, what is, that, what is the phrase about telling the people what they want? It's elitist. Well, but what it does is like, you know that it's easier to be angry with everybody. Tell everybody. I say that all the time. Yeah, and 50% of the population is going to go. So it's, it's, I just saw one of the best movies of my life called 1917. Oh my God, don't talk about that movie. I love that movie. I taught my son that. Oh I my cried half of the God. movie. God, I mean, just That's the movement of that. Yeah, how, how, I don't know how they, anyway, I could talk amazing. about it, that uh, film for um, so long. Yeah. But. I had a friend of mine who dared criticize it in a real way, like, well, here's why this, and I th that's exactly yeah. what I thought. I thought that's so much easier yeah. to take that road, isn't it? Because now yeah. you're the contrarian. Now, oh, okay, yeah. I'm, see, I saw I'm something superior, right? that I no one else saw. Yes, you see. It's a bit like Star Wars. I, I love every Star What's Wars movie. What's not to like? What's not to fucking like? <laughs> it's know, the best. I, I took my, my son and one of his friends to see Star Wars. Oh. And we got out, and I said to my son and, my, and, and his friend, what do you think of Star Wars? And his friend was like, I don't know, I think it's like the worst oh, movie I've ever seen. Get out of 12, here. 12. Yeah. 12. All right, 12-year-old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, look, he's a great, great kid, this kid. What does just, he like? But it's just like, exactly. It's like, you know what? It was 
two and a half hours of pure fun entertainment. Constant entertainment. Yeah. And, you know, I know. I, but the things I agree with sort of everybody, it's like, yeah. you know, when everybody's talking about superhero movies, it's like, yes, yeah, you're probably right. Are they great dramas? No, but are they a lot of freaking fun? Yes, they are. I like yes, superhero they, movies. 100%. It's a movie, it's not a film. Now, here's I a question. I want to go and see like a French foreign language. Yeah, like, yeah. I love stuff like that. I do too. I love 1917. Yeah. But I also really loved Independence Day when it came out. And it's the I know, it's movie. I watched, so my birthday great. is the 4th of July. I yeah. have to see it on it. Yeah. That's kind of a, a, a ritual for me. I have to see it's that. It's so cheesy. It's so cheesy. It's hilarious. But it's so much fun. Yeah, the, the this is second, our Independence Day. Yeah, yeah it's, it's absurd. Yeah, it takes like five minutes to get out, and it's like nine seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's pure popcorn. I mean, that's... Eight seconds. I feel like that's what popcorn was invented for, yeah. is stupid movies like that. I just don't get it. I, I don't like, get it either. It's like, be a human, be happy. Be happy. Choose yeah. to be happy. Yeah. Stop running around telling everybody they're wrong. And well, that is something I noticed from you <coughs> the first time I saw one of your videos. There are no experts. There are no experts, and, and you are immensely positive. That goes so well, far with that. me. That goes so far with me. And it's not, it's not just, hey, gays, and what? You're not like a YouTuber positive fake. And I've also got to be careful because I, I do understand harmony and melody, and, and I know my nose, and I can yeah. sight read badly. Okay, I can read. Sight read is a big thing. I wouldn't say that. So I did, I did all that. I did, it was yeah. very self-taught, and I yeah. wanted to be really good at it, but it's not part of my message because to me, everybody I admire doesn't do and didn't do any of those things. So I don't need to overanalyze and be like, well, you know, they were using the Locrian, Phrygian miners. Who gives a freaking no, crap? No one. When Jimi Hendrix picked up a guitar and Ben and no, he wasn't going, well, you know, I'm telling you the man to stop It's like, it's, yeah, that's right. This is what makes great music. I mean, great. look at Kurt Cobain. He yeah. wasn't, I'm probably a better guitar player bet, than Kurt Cobain. And I'm not a guitar player. I thought was like, I'm playing major chords three frets apart from each other. And yep. It sounds cool. Yeah. Exactly. I have a friend who plays power chords with his index and whatever, the ring finger only. Right. Tom Petty said... And he's amazing. Tom Petty like, said, if I had been a good guitar player, I would have been a crap songwriter. Oh, God. And thank God he was a better songwriter yeah, than GCMD. a guitar player. Three, oh, three calls, ninety percent of his... The, the, the Tom Petty and Heartbreakers documentary. Roger Waters, Pink Floyd. Oh, yeah. Frog Rock Band. One That's of my right. Favorite bands of all time. Most of the time, one, four, five, G, C, and D. A couple of A minor, throw E minor in. You are pretty much the whole catalog of the Pink Floyd. Now, speaking of Prague rock band, <coughs> uh, are you a Rush fan? Of course. Okay. So, yeah. rest in peace, Neil Peart. Yeah, but I couldn't do the Neil Peart cash in. Who's going to be the first person to put the video up saying that Neil Peart was a genius? Rest, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. just not who I am. It's a bummer, right? Every yeah. time someone passes, that's the first thing you see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's, that's what I mean. It's like I don't know, it's though. buying in. But I, I think we're... we're is it authentic, a, or are they cashing in? Oh, no, they're totally cashing <laughs> No, I know, because I know, I, I know the, the mindset. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I'm yeah. friends with a lot of people who do this, so I'm not pointing to anybody at all. I'm friend, and, and, and all power to them. They're running, they're running businesses and all this stuff. But ultimately, I think one of the things that... Um, we, we were um, got to be friends with Aspen Pittman before he died, maybe two or three years before he died. And he, he unfortunately died in a horrible an accident. And um, we were away at the time. And I found out by opening up Facebook and seeing all this stuff. And then a mutual friend of mine said, oh, you know, um, um, you know, we've been asking people to take that stuff down because it's just kind of cheesy and, and the family, you know, need time to mourn. They don't want to be like seeing all this stuff. Sure. Obviously, no, nobody took it down. No. And everybody's like, sorry for your loss, sorry for your loss, sorry for your loss. My wife and I, you know, 
Um, went to the memorial service, like all of our good friends that, that admired him because he was such a huge guy. Groove Tubes, he started that yeah. company. Yeah. He had a, a legacy and a history of Ampeg and acoustic. And a legend. Just, yeah, a legend. Yeah. Super smart guy. <laughs> No, you know what I'm going to say. None of the people that were posting for attention were, were at the there. memorial service. And it's just like... Sounds about right. It's just like, yeah. you've got to be careful. And, you know, and I don't yeah. want to throw stones in glass houses because I'm sure I've done all kinds of stupid things. Of course, crap. but it's important to point that out, and I, especially I for younger we just, people. We need to be real and we need to look after people. This yeah. is all about community. I'm not trying to be like the head of a massive pyramid, like I am the genius. I'm just trying to, if there's anything we can do is to bring people together and collaborate and help each other. Yeah. You know, because I, I can't do anything on my own. No. So, a few more questions and we can please, start please. wrapping this thing into a nice, <laughs> smooth landing. Yeah, collaboration is key. Yes. And community is great. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I mean, that's why I'm doing this and I, I try to network as much as I can. Yeah. Content creation. Now, there are some things that stay the same in the music industry and some things that change, right? Yeah. What, in your opinion, and I think you have a very legitimate opinion on this topic, uh -oh. What what is your... What is your take on the role of a record label in 2020? On, on a record company? Yeah, like the legitimacy, that do, do they offer, when should bands sign? Should that even be a target for a young band? Um, you know? Yeah, no, I, I'm thinking about the, the, an answer I can get behind 100% because there's lots of answers that are all right. But I think the number one answer is like, the, the pros and cons of a record company are, Potential funding, obviously. A rock band now, if they got a $30,000 deal, would be huge. Even with some of the majors. It would be huge. But Deals are tiny. Do you think People it's... People are making records, even with known producers. I'm sure some of the guys you represent for ten dollars and $15,000 over a couple of weeks. You know, well, why take a loan from a label instead <coughs> of take a loan from a bank at a better interest rate? See where I'm going? Well, I don't think the bank would lend you it, number one. But, but yes. Assuming but it, you could. Let's just... If you could, what's the... Well, is it the cons, Rolodex? I'm still on the pros. Yeah, yeah. The pros Go would ahead. be the money, but and and the cons would be the the reduced royalty rate, giving away stuff. Yeah. The 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 number one pro, and I'm not saying why you have to do it, what you should do it, but the number one pro of a record label would be if you could find people that you know believe in you and all the usual yeah. stuff that people say. The team. The team, but actual ability to run business. Now, the problem with a lot of labels I, I've, I've worked with, um, or the reality of a lot of labels I've worked with, is they're not very good at themselves at social media, and they're not very, they, they, they lean on you to do it. However, bands aren't very good at it either. But if sure. there's somebody wrangling it, I don't know. I would say, um, and I've been a manager, and I would never do it again. Never do it again. I managed a band. I would never manage a band again. There's a reason I don't manage bands. Yeah, um, because you just become the what do you call it? The, the punch bag for everything. Yeah. You know, everything you've done is wrong from both. You're sides the mom the and dad and, and the, the big brother and yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and 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 it just takes so much emotionally from you. But I consult with artists, and I have an artist that we've been developing, and I consult, and it's done purely business. Um, so I think, and that is like, here's the things I think you should do. You're paying me for all this information. I can help you make money. Here's all the things you should do. So, yeah, so for bands, so there could be, it's a tough one. You know, um, you, 
you don't need a label if you've got somebody in your team that goes, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to like record the record. You yeah. book this person. They're going to go in and record. And I want you to film the the stuff and make a serialized video of it. And I need you to post every day and blah blah blah. And you need to do this, that, and the other. And then we've got this tour coming up. And see, because in California, a manager can't book a tour. Only yeah, you got to have a separate. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's changing the business model because. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I would, I, I'm happy to consult with people. But so I don't depends. Manage because you become the yeah. punch, punching bag, and I feel like um, what is a label potentially if a label is run properly, it would be that. It would be a yeah. sort of a completest thing where we're like, but what ends up happening is we have these old business ideas where you have an agent, a record company, a publisher, you know, and a manager, like all these different entities, stuck in the past. Yeah, and so they all need their percentage, and they come up to a. A band that could maybe earn two or three hundred thousand dollars a year from different revenues, yeah, and uh, you know, and and they're unable to, um, you know, make any money. The, the the agent, the publisher, the label, and the manager aren't able to do that, and the band aren't able to make any money from that that sum there because you know they fronted the thirty thousand dollars to make the record. They got yeah. a royalty rate. Maybe in a more progressive label, 25%, but it's still diddly damn squat. Yeah. They may have generated, right. you know, $300,000 in all of these different revenue streams, but the costs associated have gone everywhere, and they end up with $50,000, $60,000 after everything. And Between to, four guys. Four guys. Yeah. So there is ways to make money, in this, but you just have to be aggressive, not in a bad way, but you have to think, okay, where can we put our energy yep. in? You yep. know, can we have digital products which are really cheap to, to, to distribute and but make money from? Do we have t-shirt sales? We have all these different um, you know revenue streams that we can do. And how do we keep our consciousness going? How do we keep our presence going within all these different forums and groups that we're in? And yeah. that takes a lot of work. And but it's all achievable. Yeah. But it's not. There's no one of those people that really can do it. So it just depends. It depends on the label, it depends on the band, it depends on both at the same time. I mean, just because, you know, Instagram has a lot of frauds. You have yeah. a lot of people that say, hey, I run a record label. It's just some guy. It's just yeah. some guy in a basement. Is that really a label? Does he have distribution? Does he know how to run a business? After their name. That's right. Or oh, entrepreneur. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You see that a lot on Instagram. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't know if that's worth signing to that guy's label in the basement. Maybe hold out for a real business model, like you're saying. Someone that can actually yeah. have a team and do all those things that need to be done for a successful pro band. Yeah, I just think you have to be careful, because you know, I see every week I see, I'm sure you, you know, you've seen the same thing, a new person who's got all the secrets and all the answers and has got a program, and it's, sometimes it's $5,000 and sometimes it's 50. Oh. You know, it doesn't matter, and there are all these programs that are going to like fast track you to success and all this kind of stuff. I, I think it's an admirable idea to do it, um, but I can't think of any success stories among among it. Um, very, very difficult thing to do. Yeah. Because you do need to have connection with people and and, and sort of babysit them, and there's no way to really monetize that cheaply. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to work with That's an artist one-on-one, right. -on -one, I have to work with an artist one-on-one. -on -one. I can't go, here's, here's your list and sign up over here and follow this course. Because um, they're artists, they're creatives, and yeah. they need, they need like, hey, uh, tap anyone on the shoulder. Nobody could see it, but you know, yeah. you need to, and you have to remember to do this, this, and this. You know. Right. They need that constant love. 
Yeah. The artiste. And by the way, producers are artists too. Yeah, producers and artists. But producers can do these things as well. One of the funniest things I find, quite frankly, is somebody will write to me and say, you know, can I do a record with you? I get constantly, every day I get people who want to work with me. Yeah. And I say, well, here's my fees. This is how much I charge. Um, and I charge probably more than you're used to. Not that I'm the most expensive. I was like, because I don't, I just want it to be amazing. And sometimes it means we'll track a song two or three times until it's the best it will be. It's not a conveyor belt. You won't be in and out in a week. Yeah. I'm going to like get behind it. Yeah. So it's going to be a little bit more expensive. There's a reason you contacted me. Yeah. yeah. And there'll always be my friend or this guy I met will do it for like half the price. And this is a, and I'm always like, okay, great. And I hear it then, all day, every day. And then two months later, okay, so I've done the album with John, and now can you help me? Can promote you fix it? the? Yeah. Oh, can oh. You help me promote it. Oh, interesting. I'm like, no. Why didn't you? Work, why, why can't John? Well, see, so you John do that. Yeah, you have an interesting yeah. take on that because you can promote it. Yeah. A lot I of can producers can't. Yeah. Right. That's right. I can help you, and they're like, and I'm like, I'm like, didn't you work with somebody that that was bringing you all of this? No, no, yeah. no, he doesn't do that. And I'm like, so he has no label contacts. Yeah. And he has no way to get you out there or introduce you to people. And, and you're not even happy with Mix Revision yeah. 6. Yeah. You're still not happy. Yeah. It's a complete business now. You have to work with people yeah. Yeah. That, that have, um, not, I don't like the phrase skin in the game. It's a horrible, shitty, negative way of talking. But, you know, people that are going to care about That is a terrible expression. I've yeah. never thought of that. Or, or there's many, what is it? There's a hundred ways to skin a cat or yeah. some yeah. bullshit like that. These yeah. awful expressions. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, anyway, you got to go. You're a busy man. You have yeah, many things to do. DSP. Colin, Colin McDowell, one of the okay. nicest people in the business. Well, thank you so much for your thank time. Thank you. I know your time is valuable. I thank really you. appreciate it. I've always wanted to meet you, and this is a good excuse to thank meet you. Thank you. So, yeah. Thanks, thank you. man. I really appreciate it. All right. Feel better. I hope you start not having anthrax. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaking microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. <laughs>